0: Our now third narrative journey um, with me as always is my good friend and lead pastor of the Mountain Church, Mr. Samuel Paul Bernard, Roger Goulet. Hey, brother. <laughs> hey, man. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's good to see you. We uh, it's, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's our Friday today. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited to, you know, we like to end and round our days out with podcasts.
1: Yeah, well, I never really end my week. I'm always diligently preparing. All right, for thank song. you, Sam. That's a
0: that's good, man. Um, but we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, he is a lifelong friend of ours. We've known him for pl- twenty plus years. Sam has actually known Grant Garcia, our guest, yes, longer yes. than he's known me. Mm-hmm.
1: So they have. They're like. The true OGs. Our parents were friends before we were born. Yeah, true OGs. I was
2: changing Samuel's diapers when he was a kid, so.
1: You're like four months older than me, bro. I was still changing diapers. Bro. savant, bro. so savant. <laughs> I think if yes. actually, I, I, and this is my buddy Grant. Did you say Grant Garcia. Me, hey, how you guys doing?
0: Welcome, buddy. Good to have you on the show, yes, man. it's and good
1: to be here. Thank you, guys. I Thank think the rumor is that I actually potty trained you. Did you know this?
2: I think that is actually true. Yeah, because yeah. my
1: parents had me Wait. pee on Cheerios oh. in the toilet. And then we, Bro. you he followed my lead. This is the truth. <laughs> I thought I was going go to go somewhere else. I'm on so podcast. glad. I potty trained him. I'm no. so glad you said Cheerios. <laughs> Cheerios. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but we did used to go to the bathroom together. that's that's great sword
2: fights uh name it we were there for each other and they still do
0: and we're really happy about that (laughs) we're close Uh, yeah super close but uh great all
1: friends do right
0: uh sure Uh yeah i would say yeah for sure um but great thanks for coming on
2: yeah no thank you guys for having me we love having you with us uh, the mount the podcast everything you guys represent we've been wanting to have
0: we've been wanting to have grant on for quite some hours. time now couple, yeah. Yeah, a couple a yeah. couple hours uh, we just we just rounded this up yeah uh, Grant on for decision. some some time now but uh, Grant was in a season. Of I tell you what, he's going through some bodybuilding, this guy over here. I mean, this guy was... (laughs) they
1: can't see him, but he's ripped just like me.
0: I'll tell you what, this guy looks like an Avenger, man.
1: Avenger. This guy looks like a whole I would say
2: I look like Samuel at his prime. I don't know about Samuel (laughs) right now.
1: Come on, man. It's been like 10 years since I worked out. It's no big deal.
2: Yeah, man. (laughs) Trying to get you back into things, the swing of things, you know. Keep trying,
1: bro. I'm, I'm there.
0: I'm there, man.
2: So, we're yeah, gonna do point. we're
0: gonna do some ropes after this. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah. Licorice ropes.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but no, but we we uh, been wanting to have Grant on for some time, and we have been exploring uh, narrative journeys here on the show. We had Scott and Beth Little on before, talking about where they've been and what's led them to this point. But we really wanted to have uh, our good friend Grant on to kind of tell us where he's at now, where he's been, kind of how he grew up, because he, you know, the three of us grew up in church. But we all kind of sort of had different experiences as far as when we got to junior high, high school, and yeah. after that into the college years and yeah. all of that stuff. And then how we got to where we are now, we're, we're in our 30s, uh, mm-hmm. we
2: got kids, <laughs> like, and, it's,
0: yep. it's crazy. So uh, Dads. Yes.
2: Yeah. Shout out to Gracie Garcia. It's That's her sixth right. birthday today. Yo. Happy birthday, baby girl. Today is her oh, sixth happy birthday. birthday. Right I'll now. text her. Yeah, ha- yeah go for <laughs> it. Six years old.
0: <laughs> What's up, it's Sam. Happy birthday. <laughs> Who are you? Who is yes. this? <laughs> but uh, shout out to Gracie. Happy birthday, friend. Um, but yeah, we're, we're all dads now, are and it's gonna sing uh, happy uh, crazy. you for a
2: I did, but I will not do it on this podcast. Bro, do <laughs> it at the end. <laughs> Just, happy My voice is, you know, kind of fading. Yeah, that's right. A lot well, of sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, we're here, we're, we're doing this. Um so Grant, like what has Jesus mean to you in your life that's gotten you to where you are today?
2: Wow, uh, I mean that's such a huge question. I mean, God is just so good. Um, honestly I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for him today it just his angels and his protection and just his coming over me. Uh it's been a crazy experience to my life. He's just so real. And uh, man, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to explain the, the love that he has. I mean, for everyone in, in general. But uh, just to take a look at my life and see that I'm still here. And a lot of my friends, you know, didn't make it through the situation I made it through or, or still in jail or still caught up in the same situation. Uh, it's its crazy. God yeah. is so good. And he wrote it so because much. for those that don't know
1: about your life, we spend a lot of time really close up until probably the fifth grade,
2: right? Uh, yeah, I'd say I left, like, ICA, that's the Christian school we all yep, got together, yep. like, sixth grade. Yep. Uh, started public school in seventh grade. Uh, I was always kind of a little rebellious, though, back in those days, even before them. But, uh, yeah, that's about when it, it started taking off around seventh grade. And, and your parents were pastors on staff, which is that my dad was the Full-time student. pastors, uh, in it to win it, you know, mm-hmm. changing lives, changing schools, you know. That as well as my night. dad and yes. mom. And so our parents were... Full time, full time, full time ministry. Full time. Uh, I felt like I was full time ministry <laughs> at the age of um, what? Three, it started? Yeah. It's like really, really young. Uh, constantly rose in the church. Uh, God was there 24 7.
1: In those early years, were there or what were the significant moments you had? Relationship with God, like personally, were there any, or was it something like you were a spectator
2: to a theater, or what? What was it like for you personally, if the young Um, so I did have one big encounter, but like you were saying, it was kind of like a theater to me, like uh, seeing everyone, seeing the backstage of it all, like happening behind the curtain and in front of the curtain. So it's like you see two points of view. every Sunday, but growing up there, um, so I saw all that, and that kind of like changed my whole like concept on God, and is it real, is it not real, you know, that kind of, kind of thing and mentality, uh, but one time it was Sean Smith that actually prayed for me, mm-hmm. I remember I just got laid out, broken down in the spirit, and that was the first time I ever encountered God. you remember how old you were? I think I was in fifth grade at that time, like fourth or fifth, I was like really, really young, mm-hmm. and then like... I was about it. I was about God for like, it was crazy because I had my seasons. I'd be about God for a while. And then I just totally like, just drop them like in the drop of a hat. Yeah. Like, you know, just quick. And so like, my encounter with him was just like, in that moment, it was something I've never felt before. Mm -hmm. And I knew God was real. But, you know, like I said before, I was a little bit rebellious and kind of wanted to do my...
1: In that moment, was there a thought that came to your head? Did he say something to you? Was it a sensation? Was it an emotion? What happened? Uh, Yeah, it was like
2: a sensation. Uh, You know the presence of God when he actually, like, touches you and you get this warmth like a cloth just, like, right over your body. You know, that that experience that he's just, like, holding you and, like, everything's going to be okay. Like, that, but, like... I fell out in the spirit, and that was the first time I used to make fun of people (laughs) back in the day, (laughs) because I was like, what is this? I was a kid, you know, seeing people just get laid out in the spirit, speaking in tongues. Like, I mean, I knew about Christianity, but I didn't know it in that depth of like, oh, this is what happens. So to me, it's still kind of like Samuel saying, like, you know, I was kind of in a movie, really, like, it's all...
1: Yeah, we're fourth graders, third graders, fifth graders, and you're walking around... And the church we grew up in was charismatic and you know Holy oh, Spirit. Yeah. And, and, and you got all these people that are like falling out and you got lines of them falling out <laughs> and we're what? running around like thinking about throwing a ball at each other in the hallways. And yeah it's an interesting dynamic to experience it where it's you're playing and you're interested in things that kid or kids are interested in. Yeah. And then you've all these people that are seeking an encounter with God, seeking yeah. the presence of God. And watching it, not being in it, and that that stark difference. Mm. But then you had a significant encounter where you felt the presence of God.
2: Yeah, and then that's another point right there that you just brought up. Like being a kid, I just wanted to be a kid. Yeah. Yep. And a lot of the leaders in the church, no disrespect, but like put this big burden on me, like, hey be a model. Yeah, you need to be a role model. Why are you messing up? And like, right. it was a lot of pressure for me when I was young and I think you probably that's, heard a few times. You should know better. Oh, all the You're time, a leader. Yeah, yeah, like why are you doing this? Stop totally. this. Like, I'm a kid. I just want to have fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna kick a ball at the roof and like you know, like whatever the case may be. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I might talk back a little bit, but I'm a kid. Like, I'm supposed to learn as I go. I don't know the whole. Because they saw our parents and respected them. Oh, tremendously, yeah, and yeah. and as they should,
1: our parents are great. Yeah, and then they had that. The perspective that we would be the seed of greatness.
2: Yeah. At a young age, I mean, yeah. I, I haven't even hit puberty yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, uh But yeah, but no, in all honesty, I was just a kid, and I was just yeah. like really confused of like the whole God movement and everything. Like I felt his presence. I know he was real, but I think at that young age, I just kind of didn't wrap my head around the whole situation.
0: It is interesting, like growing up as kids, we, you know, we see that, and I even wonder today for kids who are growing up in the church, like uh, maybe even more charismatic ones or more spirit-filled ones. Like, do they see you know the things, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's just kind of regular and normal." But some of them, by the time they get older, it's still kind of whatever because they were so oversaturated at such an early age of what the yeah. spirit looked like. I always found that concept to be interesting. So. You know, what do we do with things like that? What do we, you know, How do we, like, you know, hey, let's not give too much, or do we want our kids to experience the fullness and the glory of it? And then if we do, then how do we manage yeah. that we
2: manage that? And, and well, I think everyone kind of has, like, their own, like, journey and, like, their own destiny of how everything kind of plays into line, you know? Yeah. Um, like a little bit, I was super rebellious. You know, I took a different road than everybody else took. Um, But like Samuel, um, he was kind of, you know, brought up a little bit longer, I would say, in the church. Uh, I know he had his seasons, too. You know, (laughs) we're not all perfect. uh, You know, it's just like that journey that, you know, God wanted to bring us through. So some kids might, you know, be better off that way and more of an example. Uh, but for me, I you know that's unfortunately yeah. some mistakes. I do you probably... guys
0: do you guys remember being kids and bringing a friend to church who's never been to our church before? Uh, no. And to, <laughs> see, <laughs> <laughs> I I, rebe- I remember bringing like a friend of mine from school yeah, to our oh, okay. church for the first time. Yeah. And then for some strange reason, they weren't my friend again afterwards.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> we, <laughs> I can I was see what. Like, what
0: the heck, man? You like see people
1: falling out at the <laughs> altar, and you're like, huh. My what'd friend's you, crazy. What do yeah. you think?
0: I just want to go home.
1: Is this a cult? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's interesting, those moment, that moment of encounter. And you said you walked with God. Yeah. And then in a moment, you just wouldn't. What What did that look like? What happened in those hmm. places where you would be all in and then not?
2: Um, so I would have to say, like, once I got into, like, public school, I started getting more of, like, experience of, like, the secular world, I would say. Sure. Uh um, basically, seeing fights, seeing kids doing drugs, ditching school, things like that, um, which kind of sparked my interest. Um, my parents were really super involved with the church, and so being a lot on my own at seventh in seventh grade, uh, just kind of doing my own thing, and my parents were constantly always in the church. I mean, I walked home from school like you know, I got to hang out for like three or four hours, and then my parents would be home, you know. So I had like this whole time of just like just me time running around the streets. I mean, I lived in Summerlin. I it wasn't the streets, but <laughs> right. uh, but according, like... In I mean, the neighborhood, you were around... the running, neighborhood, yeah. running around the neighborhood, causing mischief, you know, throwing rocks at windows, you know, uh, you know just you know, causing trouble, you know, kids little kids do, too, you know. Right. And so it really just sparked my interest. And in seventh grade, I smoked weed for the first time and uh, kind of just, I feel like... One seventh grade hit. I feel like that was like the big downturn. There was no turning back after that. Once I got like that first, that first hit, and like I was walking home, and I remember like going to bed early because I knew my parents were gonna be home at eight o'clock after church, and like I need to be home uh, in bed before then so they don't see me high for my first time, you know, and um, and I just like was turned into like this rebellious kind of stage because my parents weren't there my sisters were catching me with weed and like i was getting mad at them and it just turned into like a whole kind of like spiral thing and um yeah and then it just i mean i always played sports though so it wasn't like i'm this huge crazy person you yeah. know like uh pop Warner football i was playing uh high school i went state and uh, my my sophomore year i got brought up to varsity yeah. so it wasn't just like oh I had this one dynamic, and that was it. Like, I was super involved with sports, always super active, loved running around. And then uh, I would have to say, like, that was probably, like, one of my last times I had that, like, encounter with Sean when I was, like, a young kid. Yeah. You
1: mentioned that there in in seventh grade and a little earlier than that, you were going to public school and you were intrigued. Yeah. You were drawn to a lifestyle a practice, some, some different things. What would you call that now, looking back and understanding where your mind was at perhaps or where you're at now? What 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 do you think it was that intrigued you and that
2: really drew you in? Well, now looking back, I was just straight rebellious.
1: <laughs> but what does that mean? Like you were upset about this, your, your parents' standard and then you were just like,
2: screw that, I'm going to do my own thing? Or I th- what were you against? I think I wasn't really at that point against anything. I was just kind of like trying to be my own person. I'm in seventh grade my parents are not around that much i mean they are don't get me wrong it's not like they just left me there you know sure. but um i was just kind of like intrigued of like how do these other people live their life i was always brought up around the church so i didn't see this other side this other lifestyle of like people you know who go home and their parents drink and like you know they sit there and sure. smoke like yeah. i never saw that so like and they got along very well some of them some of them mm-hmm. you know was not a good home to be in, but, um, just seeing that different side of other people kind of just like, I was always just a very interested kid. Do you think that the, do you think that the, the church
1: leadership we encountered that, do you think that there was a significant judgment we might've felt like you should be better? You should know better. Do you think that that language and that judgment impacted you pretty significantly to look to some different places or lifestyles or places of acceptance?
2: Uh, I would say in a way that kind of like, so like I said, I was always kind of rebellious when I was younger, just kind of like, no, you're not going to tell me what to do. Like, you have the standard of me, but I'm here. Like, sometimes I even thought I was better than the leaders in the church, that they thought they knew more than me. And I was just a kid. And I was like, no, you don't know more than me. Like, I've been around this, like, you know, like, yeah. I thought I was the man. And it, I guess it was an ego trip, too, you could say. But uh, I wouldn't blame it all on the leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it was just me. But I feel like God wanted me to go through certain things and seasons and stuff um, to kind of like bring me where I'm at now and kind of show me, you know, a different path. I mean, He's always had His arms just wrapped around me from the beginning and uh, things I've done. Um, Do you remember for
1: most of your life always being relatively strong-willed?
2: I don't know. You grew up with me. You tell me.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I I don't... Yeah. It's odd because for me, uh, the strong-willed aspect kind of almost grew in its resolve as time went by. But you reference yourself as being pretty strong in terms of your will and perspective early on. Is that something that you always sensed was a part of you?
2: Yeah, I would definitely have to say that, yeah. Uh, Just going on, um, me and my dad used to, you know, at a young age get into little scruffles here and there. And, like, I thought I knew it. Like, I thought I was a big shot, you know. I thought I knew everything from the beginning. And uh, I guess I just didn't have that that learning mentality of someone else telling me, you know, what to do. I, I just had to figure it out on my own.
1: What do you think that is as far as a part of you? Because in the early stages, it looks like a, a, a problem because you, maybe you didn't yield sound advice or yield yeah. to peace place of obedience that could have spared you. Oh, definitely. But now I, I imagine that you see that part of your will being a real asset when there's discipline a part of it.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic to think about. Um, I I would, yeah, I would always say I have that that strength and leadership quality from a young age. Um, It kind of brought me into a different aspect of, you know, doing bad things, of going down the wrong path, of, uh, you know, doing drugs and selling them and all that kind of stuff. But even with that, I was still kind of a leader among my friends and uh, uh, the people that I I hung around with, you know, so. Yeah. um, Yeah. What
1: do you think that version of you completely redeemed looks like? Completely righteous. That will inside of you, that determination, that fortitude, that resilience. What do you think that looks like completely redeemed? Like right now? Sure. Or what do you think it could have looked like maybe as a a kid? Is there a way that that could have gone? Because I'm imagining people listening to this thinking either themselves in their own childhood and some of these elements being in them or thinking about that typical prodigal that we talk about, or that typical strong-willed kid in a home. Um, I ha- I mean, my kids are all pretty strong. strong-willed.
2: I mean, you're super competitive, Sammy. I'm
1: not, man. I, I, I am not. I've never been competitive in my entire <laughs> life. But I imagine that there's people listening that think, man, I,
2: is that just like what's meant to be for someone who's no, strong? No, I definitely, I definitely, as now looking back um, like, like we were talking about a little earlier, like our journeys. So God, I felt like put me through a situation and always had his arms wrapped around me to speak out against the stuff that I do. I have done in the past, which I do a lot of now. Uh, I help out with some, you know, non-speaking, uh, nonprofit organizations mm-hmm. for, you know, uh, prison reform, shout out to John Ponder. Yep. Hope uh, for prisoners. Hope for Prisoners, I do some of that as well. Um, so I have a huge heart for addicts and things like that. Um, so I felt like God not put me through that, put myself through that, but I felt like now God is just revealing a whole bunch of different dynamics to me to help people so they don't have to go through the same thing that I went to, went through.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, there's great leaders out there. I mean, you guys are some of them in the church right now. So, I mean, as a young as a young kid, if you see that in you and you... Actually, listen to the people who are trying to impart in you. You'll be way better off. Mm -hmm. I'm 31 now, and it's crazy. I tell people if I didn't make half of the mistakes I did at a young age, I'd be I'd be like financially set, and like I'd have a lot more stuff in life. But there was a good gap. I would have to say for like 12 years or so, I just was like didn't care about paying bills, credit, none of that stuff. But like I had all that around me. I had great leaders in front of me just didn't want to take that advice like
0: what what would you say to people who who may be listening or young people who may be listening because yeah. uh, Sam and I both have experiences in working with youth Um, And talking with youth. And one of the common things that I had always heard from youth is, you know, I would tell them, you know, some of the struggles that I went through and how I battled with, you know, alcohol and I was a drunk. And I would tell them that, like, they don't have to go through that, that they don't have to experience these same things. And you could be so much farther ahead. But there was this thing, this mentality of it was like, well, that's your story. I want to be able to experience all of that myself. And then I'll come back to God and get things right back.
1: Around, because it's the same reason we're even giving that advice in the first place. Right. They're strong-willed. Exactly, they're yeah. thinking for themselves. They don't believe. Right. Yeah. Like they, I, when somebody would tell me something, and possibly even now when they tell it to me, my wife will listen. She'll yeah. be like, "I want to heed it, that advice." To me, I do a thought process that vets the yeah. input. And when I was younger, I would do an action, set of actions to vet it. I would try it out, and I would push yeah. against the limit of it. So that type of person, yeah. it is interesting we talk about them because we want to give that advice, like, don't do what I did. <laughs> and they're literally thinking, I'm not listening to you.
2: Yeah. What does this bozo know? Like, like everyone has to learn on their own free will. and you well, know, Especially this through.
1: kind of person.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's um, It's crazy. I will say right now to all the kids that are listening, or anybody who's listening, don't put yourself through it. I'm going to tell a crazy story right now. I was just turned 18 years old. I was traveling from California on the way back uh, to Las Vegas uh, with a couple of buddies of mine. And both of my buddies, I crashed a car uh, going on the freeway on the 15 back to Las Vegas. There was some drugs in the back, paraphernalia, all that stuff. Boom, crashed the car. Both my friends got sent to the emergency room in Las Vegas. We were like right by state line. Car flipped, did 360, everything. I was the only one in the car that was not wearing a seatbelt. One of my friends was wearing a seatbelt, flew through the front window, uh, busted his whole lip over, internal bleeding, all this crazy stuff. And um, I was not wearing my seatbelt. I walked out of that thing with not a scratch on me. And I look back and when I pray now and I reflect on these things that I've done, honestly, God and his angels just like wrap, wrapped them around me, sat me there, and they said, You're gonna be okay. And it's probably for this specific moment right here to tell you guys that life is crazy. Life is short. I see all these young rappers now, they die of like all this crazy stuff, and they have so much talent and they have all this stuff to like go forth and like do. But they're losing at a a young age because they want this certain type of lifestyle. That lifestyle is a short-lived one, very, very short. So if you want to try to live that and learn on your own, um, I'm sorry, buddy, but you're going to have to learn the hard way because there's no easy way about that.
0: Yeah, because it didn't get easier for you after, you know, seventh grade and even high school.
2: It got even harder for you, right? Oh, it got way difficult. I mean, that was just uh, that's when I turned 18. That was... Uh, one crazy story. I mean, I have plenty of crazy stories to tell. I won't get into all the details today, but I mean, like, uh, and th- like a lot of people you hear say, oh, my fr- half my friends are dead or in jail. Well, that's a real fact of my life. I have one other buddy right now that I know I grew up with in that whole thing that is doing good right now. That's one. The other ones are dead from AIDS, from getting shot, Uh, One of my best friends at that time when I was 18, his 18th birthday just happened. He got shot like this. You guys, this life is real and it can take from you from an instant. And like you you think you have it all. You think you're living in the moment, but you have these great leaders in front of you who are trying to direct you in a way uh, that is a positive one. The righteous one is a road that many don't take. Right. So a lot of people don't take that road, but it is the high road. I'm telling you and it sucks sometimes to take that when you see a lot of people having fun and doing all this crazy stuff They're like oh I want to try that but that one time you tried that that could be your that, that could, could be, be it. it yeah it could be over after that yeah and like that was me like I was that hard-headed kid that was like nah nah but yeah. like I was a lucky one because like my parents were grew up in the church I felt God at a young age like I asked him in my life no one told me. That I had to have God in my life, like I asked Him in my life, so like, God was like protecting me, yeah. and like I said, that might not happen to everybody, you know. Every circumstance, uh, circumstance is different, but uh, just man, whew. I, <laughs> if I could just go through this microphone right yeah. now and just shake you, you know, in your chair and like, <laughs> yeah. dude, don't do it, you know, like I would. Uh, that's why I have such a big heart for like young kids and like addicts and everything like that. And I try to get involved as much as I can because man, you just never know. Like it could happen like that. You go to a party, some kid offers you something, and then your body doesn't take it well, but everyone else does, and then boom. Yeah. That's it, you know. Indeed. And you have this great life, and you could have touched many souls, or um not even in a god aspect let's just say you're helping people True. in this world yeah. like you know learn quality study yeah of quality kind of, of yeah. life man like pass down it to, to different generations like let's break these generational curses and stuff you yeah. know like it's a battle out there so
1: I think the interesting thing about um the the prominent personalities that are that are very strong that are resilient that even would resist Like, hey, don't do it like that. Like, that's going to cause pain. Yeah. And that kind of invulnerability sense you have. uh, The only reason I didn't do drugs or drink is because, uh, like, I witnessed a significant addictive trend in my family, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be uh, like a top-tier athlete. So I was like, well, I think if I do any of it, I'm pretty much going to be just done in. And so mine was purely for like a scholarship. I wanted, to, I wanted to be a great athlete like that and get a scholarship. So I figured those two things wouldn't really do well for me. So our, our advice or input to like the cautionary tales isn't like the hope or the thought that everyone won't. Yeah, but I think it's this idea that you're saying that you saw God present and God steadily there
2: in all Always. of it. Always, um, it's crazy. So I was in rehab in Arizona. Uh, I was out there, and uh, I was doing this program. I was a six month program, and basically, because you
1: started doing more than just weed, and then it became oh an addiction. yeah, it was Some a downward
2: spiral. Stuff. We skipped a whole couple <laughs> uh, years there, but basically, uh, from there, from that car crash, I got into like selling drugs heavily, doing drugs, became yeah. into a huge heroin addict. Yeah. Um, and it was just a down spiral. Yeah. Uh, my mom wants to write a book on this because it's so intense. I mean, there's so much to tell that, like, I can't just tell it in this little bro- podcast. You sure. Know? But, I mean, it, it got to so many bad points in my life. But uh, I was in this rehab, in this facility, and I just remember my dad calls me. And this was, like, the turning point for me at that time. My dad calls me, and he's like, hey, you know, you have a daughter, my daughter Gracie. She's about... At one at this time, a little, uh, a little older than one. He's like, I just want you to know you're gonna lose your daughter. And me and my dad always used to scuffle and yell at each other and fight. And this time he talked to me, just plain, clear, like monotone voice. And I was like, boom, I broke down. I like literally broke down. Coming. That was your moment of clarity. That was my moment. And I was like, I'm gonna to go to rehab. And like, I've already been through like four or five different rehabs, never worked for me, all this stuff. But I went to a Christian based one in Arizona called the Dream Center. And I was like, I'm gonna do this. And I got in trouble there one time for using, and I felt super convicted. And I even told the security guard, which got me into trouble and all this stuff. But I didn't care. Like after I got done with it, I felt I, I was crying in the security guy's office because I was like, I'm done. Like this is not the life. And then I had a cell phone in there. That's that's <laughs> profound moment. though. Yeah. You when you said I'm done. Oh, I was done. Yeah. Um, it's just like something struck me, and obviously it's God at this point, because like, I just had this encounter. And like, after that, I grew this huge relationship. I, was, I had to write all of Proverbs the whole time I was in there, just boom, 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 writing Proverbs, reading it. all. The, so I was studying the Bible like crazy. It was a Bible camp, basically, but a rehab. We were out there doing work for the city, like all this stuff. So like just kind of opened up my eyes, and it was a gr- the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Did you and, did you have any encounters with God? Oh, mm-hmm. I had plenty of encounters, man. Where those uh, looking like... for people? I was doing outreach, so it was weird because <laughs> I just came from this life of doing drugs. Now I'm in this rehab facility, and I'm out there preaching to people who I was just on that other side. Like <laughs> I would have been. You're there like doing fresh. This. Yeah, I'm fresh. <laughs> And they're like, hey, let's go out there. Let's go pray for people on the street. And I'm like, what? I Are you guys still need prayer? Yeah. yeah. Are you <laughs> sure you want me to do this? <laughs> but like they had like the first 30 days you couldn't leave. You right. Know. They had right, stipulations right, right. to it. But I mean, still, I was like just coming out of like 10 years, 15 years of me doing like wow. a whole bunch of crazy stuff. And I'm out here, you know, reaching. But at that point, like I said, when my dad contacted me and I was just like, I'm done. Hmm. And uh, it was just the spirit fell of God just like all over me. And uh, I remember when I left the program, I was walking. I didn't know where I was going. <laughs> I left the program because they wouldn't let you have cell phones in there. And I was walking through Arizona, and Arizona hot, right? Yeah, Hotter than Vegas. And it's desert out there. I remember calling my mom, and I was like, Mom, I feel like Jesus right now walking through the desert being tempted because i see all these like places where i can know i can pick up drugs here or do this you know like like it's still fresh in your head and and it was just god and i was like mom i'm never going back to this life wow and at that time she's like we're gonna come get you and like that's when like a whole thing just unraveled where like my sobriety took off and like just started uh went up to Sacramento, just like found a job working in a Lego shop, rebuying and selling Legos and stuff, but like that's where it was, you know. And yeah. then uh took off into my dental career and then uh, then into natural bodybuilding, which you know I've been doing lately. So uh but God has been there. And I went to two of your shows. I really enjoyed
1: seeing you flex the first
2: time. I thought Samuel was going to get on stage at one point. I thought so, too. I felt like it.
1: They were like, all right, ladies,
0: come on up. This next girl is a pastor in Las Vegas, Nevada.
2: Well, not to be rude, but for some of those people that were up there. No, no, no. You probably could have got second or first place. (laughs) But I think
1: that's so interesting that there was was a, a moment where you said never again
2: yeah i was done and like i said i had a slip up but like i was so convicted because i knew god was just like bro what are you doing at this time and i was just like yeah you're right like (laughs) i'm not putting myself through that ever again like i'm here for you and just studying the word and getting more in depth and like I'm not like a big, like if you ask me all these scriptures, I'm not like a big, like one big thing that helped me, actually a couple of big things that helped me out were uh, praise and worship every morning. Boom. First thing I did, praise and worship. I was on it. Praise, dude, I would just break down some days and just cry. Hmm. I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know I feel your presence in this moment hmm. and that's what I'm living for. And um, another thing was motivational uh, videos on YouTube. Uh, just boom. Like Shia LaBeouf. No, <laughs> do it, do it. No, like Ike Johnson. I, I,
0: I've watched some of these. They're, dude, they're, there's there's days attendance. where I'm like eating and I'm like, I should put this down and go for a jog right now. Right, yeah. The
2: Rock, like just like huge, you know, big leaders that like live that life or yeah. or anything, you know, sure. and like listen to these people, you know, like they know what they're talking about. Yeah. If at a young age and you have all of this like leadership skills already of like, being independent, you know, thinking you know it all, but you really don't. But if you would really grasp what people are trying to say to you, I mean, wow. You would be.
1: Yeah, it could be really helpful for sure.
2: Oh, you'd be crazy to the world. People would be scared of you because you'd be like, this 16-year-old knows all this? Like, and he's this powerful? Like, what am I going to do with them, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think it's interesting that you you mentioned the moment of uh, never again. Oh, yeah. And then you mentioned this that you began to pursue uh, a God that would partner and that would help you stay sober. Yeah. Did you, did you sense the, when you would encounter his presence and praise and worship and these motivational things, um, would you have moments where you'd continue to think about going back or was it pretty straightforward, (laughs) clear there, clear path going
2: forward? Yeah, it was crazy. I was talking to Don a little bit before, like, we're talking about AA meetings and how it helps certain people for me man like that was depressing like going to AA like being around that kind of like when I was done with it I was like I don't want any more of that life like you could have it like I know where I stand right now and I know I'm not going back so like being around those certain people at that point in time, now I can be around those people sure. and be like, hey man, what's going on? And I can yeah. have a full conversation. Right. And I wouldn't be like, oh, let me get high with you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like at that time, I just feel like God was like, hey, you still need to work your steps. Yeah. But being around like AA meetings, I felt super depressed. And I'm not saying, you know, if that totally, works for you, totally, for sure. Go for it. Yeah. But like for me in that time, I was just like, I know where I stand, I know where I'm going. Yeah. Know where God wants me. Yeah. and This is direction I'm headed right now.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, for me, similar. When I was in high school, 18 years old, up to about 18 years old, I had a really significant addiction to pornography, and then when I was done, I was done. I didn't want, I didn't, I wasn't like trying to like, you know, have a, like an accountability partner where I talk about stuff, and it was just like, no, no, no. Like I left it in the rear window, yeah. and like, and it, it's hard to explain to somebody who's in the middle of it what yeah. that process is like, but there is a moment where you're like, okay, I'm done. And then you're pursuing something different. And I think that was significant for me is that I hardcore pursued God. Like tons of prayer, tons of worship, because I think when people make a mistake in advice, it's just saying, stop doing that. And I I think what's more significant is stop pursuing that and start pursuing this. Oh, yeah. Like an object of pursuit is so important. I think especially for somebody who's in an addiction is that you must engage in the pursuit of something else. Yeah. In order to truly be free, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Is that your experience as well? Well,
2: Honestly, I tell this to people all the time. I feel like addicts have like one of like the most like... Craziest. as uh, how to, how, to, how can I explain this? Like, uh, being an addict and like having nothing and I would go do all this crazy stuff, right? Yeah. Like, imagine putting that to something like good and like beneficial yeah. like God. Yeah. Like, you're going to be amazing like no matter what you do. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I would put, think that
0: all the time about my acting and when I was in acting, like, if, gosh, if I had just applied that to my, like what I really, really dreamt of doing instead of like going to a bar yeah. and getting like blackout drunk as much as I could because I didn't want to feel anything in the moment I, I know what you mean yeah it's,
2: it's Dude, insane they have like the powerful The addicts are so powerful but if we just focus that on like God Something or else. some type of positive yeah. energy
1: yeah.
2: we can make some damage for sure yeah. and and that's what I try to tell people I'm like you guys you've been there and who hasn't been there you don't need to do that but if you pursue God in this whole time yeah. God's gonna reveal like everyone's journey's so different and like God throughout your journey, it will reveal so much to you and like he's doing it now with me like little things that pop up here and there and sometimes it might take like 5 6 years for it to like, you know, come into alignment, but yeah. as long as you're staying patient and trusting God, man, like that's all that's all he wants is that relationship and yeah. I found it to have been huge for me just keep pursuing, keep pursuing. Honestly, I'm human, I have mistakes, but I mean like if I just keep pursuing God and know that he he's there for me, Yeah, it's over, now.
1: That's such a significant thing for, I think, people to hear from your journey, is that God's narrative was, even when you weren't pursuing him, mm-hmm. he was pursuing you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's really cool. And I, I'm personally, because I've always loved you, and I'm really, really excited that we get to like do life together.
2: Oh, yeah, and man. And be on
1: this journey together, even though you're a Ravens fan.
2: <laughs> Yo, Lamar Jackson. Right now. <laughs> and
1: people might be listening to this like six months from now. <laughs> So they'll know that the Patriots beat everybody again. Oh, my gosh. All right. Podcast <laughs> is over. <laughs> and that Brady got a 7-3. Because
2: that's God's Because oh,
1: he recorded
0: everybody on the sideline.
1: Um.
2: <laughs> no, it definitely <laughs> no. feels good, to, like Samuel was saying, yeah. about to do life with you guys over. It's like a new beginning. It
0: really is a new beginning. And we we ran, you know, it was so funny. I was looking at, because we have another guy that comes to the church, Jason Douglas. Jason, shout out to oh, yeah. everybody. Jason. Like to see all of us, like when we were kids, like doing our thing, and then that, it somehow it's all come back full circle for us. Yeah, yeah full triangle. And now. then like, oh well, yeah, because Matt's not here. Um, but the fact that like we're we're here, um, like together, and we're like doing, you know, we're pursuing each other in the community, and like a real loving and a really fresh, different way as, yeah. you know, fathers and husbands. It's it's been a really cool thing to see.
1: Yeah, and we don't need Matt. We have his brother Nick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shout out to so. Nick yeah, yeah, that's what man, we really man. want. Yeah. Exactly. It's Matt Escobar. Yeah, who? What? Matt who? Huh?
0: Guys, that's our friend. <laughs> he's our friend. He's our friend. Uh, well, Grant, dude, we love you both. Thanks for so much yeah, for being man. here. Hope to have you on again sometime when we can talk Definitely about some other stuff. Man. I'm good.
2: But oh, ah, oh, Sam's oh, good. He's, he's good. just mad because the uh, Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. <laughs> Sam,
0: once again, thanks, buddy,
2: right. for being
0: here.
1: Six-time Super Bowl champ.
0: Here we go. Tom
1: Brady. Uh, That's Uh,
0: irrelevant. Uh, um, If you haven't already, uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, review the podcast. It always helps. You can find it on uh, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are available. Uh, In the meantime, my name is Samuel. Oh, wait. No, I'm not Samuel. (laughs) No, it's not. It's it's. my name is Donovan. (laughs) And we'll see you guys next time. (laughs)